You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are brought to you once again by Blue Chew. I look forward to telling you all about them. Um, kind of an odd time of the year in the NFL by NFL standards, sort of a downtime. Um, rookie mini camps are going on. So I'm going to take this opportunity over these next couple of weeks to really use the Locked On resources we have. The other great hosts from around the Locked On NFL network. And one of my all-time favorites is Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns. What's up, brother? Uh, not much. Uh, you know, actually, it's funny because, uh, yeah, you know, the way you brought that up with, you know, it being a dead time. Obviously, you know, some teams are going to get into o- o- you know, OTAs this week. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to just do a, you know, a point here, you know, where, you know, basically letting the listeners kind of guide us with what they want. We have a bunch of European listeners. So, like, you know, when we say things like Sam, Will and Mike, you know, we've started to do some stuff like that, breaking down each thing and what, you know, which role it does. But, yeah, I mean, you still got to find a way to put out a quality product, but it's hard when you really don't have, you know, so much football to go off of. Yeah, I mean, I can only break down draft classes for so long, and that is where I want to start with you. But I was actually kind of racking my cranium. What do I want to do for tomorrow? Who should I ask from the network to join me? And people have been asking for a Twitter Tuesday. So, folks, maybe I will do a Twitter Tuesday tomorrow, and I'll post something on Twitter here coming up. And we'll just do listener questions for, you know, we'll get back to doing that once in a while. Because I know some of you have missed that. Um, Jeff, let's talk Brown's draft. We're not going to talk Odell, but obviously that was a massive part of it. Um, of course, that leaves them without a first-round pick. But then they trade up for Greedy Williams. And I think on the surface, it looks like a wonderful move. And it very well could be. And I think that he can play man coverage on the office side of Ward but has the different body types. You know, like I said things before, like Ward would guard Odell or Antonio Brown, where Greedy might guard A.J. Green. You know what I mean? Like different body types, different skill sets, but still man coverage abilities. What do you think of Greedy joining your squad here? Um, It was actually funny because watching, you know, the the first round that one night and you just sit there and you know when your team doesn't have a selection and you're like, oh, all right, here we go. Yeah, but I tell you what, I mean, it worked out pretty well uh you know obviously some quarterbacks going which had no interest cleveland wise you know and the giants and the raiders some of the moves they made you know weren't players necessarily that i was in love with so by the time it got to the end i was like all right there is still a solid crop of players here left so you know what could have been a lot of damage done turned out at the end to not be that bad um you know there were some you know i i we felt cornerback or safety was going to be the most address point yeah um and once it got there you know i you know i you know and i told you justin lane was a big guy that i loved he would have been fine for me when they made the jump up though there was no doubt you know they were going north he was a guy that you know i'd say if you pulled you know 32 teams you probably have at least 16 that said yeah he should have been a first round selection lanzerling put out today that you know greedy refused to do some of the testing so ended up kind of with an incomplete draft report or an incomplete grade which with some teams you know that's going to be an automatic knock that's how he gets available at 46. But the player, like you said, here's a guy at almost six foot two. Obviously, needs to put a little good weight on here with some money. He'll be eating a little bit better. Uh, so you know, you get a guy at almost six foot two. You know, right around 190 now. Um, yeah, Denzel obviously a little bit shorter. So you have guys who are both athletic and can run, but you know, have the bodies you know to match up with different guys. You know, like you said with Cincinnati, great example. You know, where maybe you know uh, Denzel Ward can run around with Tyler Boyd, where mm-hmm. you know you're going to try uh, greedy out there. 
But, you know, I, you can never go wrong with the pedigrees of the LSU athletes and defensive backs. These guys all know how to work. Uh, you know, they, they've just seen it year in, year out. These guys all go back to campus. They get to meet them. They learn how it works. I like the pick. I like the pick even more because even though if you drafted a guy that you may have felt had first-round talent in the second round, he doesn't have to start right away. So you're not putting so much on his plate. And it looks like Green's a guy who's dealing with a lot of pressure. I mean, obviously, you know, his family needs him to hit. Uh, obviously, you know, they're not in the best financial situation. So him becoming a really good player makes a lot of lives easier for Greedy and his family. But he doesn't have to run, you know, run out day one and be the guy. You know, Terrence Mitchell played well at the end of times he was available last year when he wasn't hurt. TJ Carey had some games last year where he flashed. I mean, he had a great matchup with Julio Jones last season. So he's not going to have to be rushed. Look, if he hits the ground running and beats everybody out and he starts week one, that's all the more better. You got no issues there. But I like the fact that a guy who did drop and he's got a lot on his plate is not going to have to be rushed into this. And, you know, Greedy, he's just he's going to come and the talent. You're not worried about that. And, you know, some people that tackling. Look, uh, if you don't tackle in the NFL, you don't play. So it's it's now or never. You better tackle. Yeah, absolutely. And last thoughts on Greedy. And I want you to spit something back at me here is if we rewound 365 days to McShay's way too early mock drafts and those yep. things, which don't put too much stock in those things, fellows. But still, he would have, you know, Greedy was a top five pick a year ago. And you kind of mentioned it. His senior year didn't go wonderfully, especially as the year went down, you know, later in the year. Didn't tackle great. I also think he had some, quote, senioritis type of thing to try to save his body to some degree. Not the most physical, not the, the, the most physique around. I mean, he's a skinny guy. Yep. Um, I also think that it, it it surprised me. He took no pre-draft visits. So I don't know that he had any massive red flag, but I think he had maybe three or four, including possible health, small red flags. Well, that was one of the things. And that was what, when uh, they did their first you know, rookie camp. It was like, all right, well, here's the, the first thing I want to know. And this was our number one thing. Does, is Greedy Williams participating? Because there were some rumors, you know, whether or not, and now maybe it came out that he wasn't going to do any more testing. And it, that's it, that's going to start to become more and more of a thing to pass, especially when you see these guys get injured like they do. But uh, so it's, you know, you've got to realize with telling these teams, look, you've got what you're going to get from me athletically. You want to talk, I'll talk. But you got to also understand you're going to take a hit for it as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're comfortable with taking the hit, he took the hit. Uh, but, you know, so it is with that. But you, you're still getting a quality player. And I love you that you brought up the McShay thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know the you know once a top five, the number one cornerback in the class, you know, then you play. And, you know, even the article came out and it was written down by NOLA.com. And it was why he wasn't playing the bowl game. And he talked about his daughter and he talked about he wanted to be 100 um, percent. So and then today you get the no, he was just not going to do any more workouts. Uh, you know, he he wanted to just, you know, get on with the process and. He wasn't going to risk anymore. Yeah, there's still certain people that's going to rub the wrong way. I mean, the, the community is mixed. The older people you know, the younger people seem to be more sympathetic to it and understanding to it. But, you know, every room is can, you know, you usually have a mix of some of the older style, some of the newer style. And usually the older guys are the ones who are a little bit more in the position of power. So sometimes it holds out. But you get Greedy Williams at 46, a guy you thought about, you know, who's, you know, you know, very easily could have been a possible round one selection. Mm -hmm. um, and you get him and he's not even going to be your number two corner. He's going to be, I mean, he's going to be your number two corner. He's not going to be your number one. Denzel Ward has showed he's, you know, pretty much all that and then some. So it's just a really great selection. And I think the best thing is, is you're getting a player you had a lot of high value in. You're not paying him around one, uh, you know, round one salary. 
And now you've got your bookend cornerbacks now, hopefully for the next four years, still on rookie contracts. Yeah, really well said. Because I threw some negative things out there. But you get Greedy Williams at 46. I mean, that's I mean, that's all you have to say. If I would have said that a month ago, every team in the league, I mean, you, every fan in the league would say, yeah, yes, please. Um, mm-hmm. Stuck with defense, though. I, I mean, I, I guess the offense is pretty well set. So this doesn't surprise me that they would address the middle of the field. You mentioned some safety concerns. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine was their fourth rounder. Before him went Takataki, the, the linebacker from BYU. And after him went another linebacker, Mac Wilson, couple thoughts here are Morgan Burdett's kind of penciled in as a safety and Peppers is gone, and I think safety is a need. Clearly, these three guys will pay off on special teams immediately. I was a little shocked to see two linebackers go, you know, in the, these in this neighborhood for the same team. But I was just, I was even more shocked that Wilson lasted the 155, kind of like the greedy situation. And does this indicate to you that Schobert might not be back? Well, yeah, um, the selections of Redwine and obviously with, um, you know, the two linebackers, what I think is, is the way they're looking at it is it, it's only going to be one of Joe Schobert or Demarius Randall or okay. none. I mean, um, I think with Demarius Randall, look, the talks were ongoing and it seems like they kind of once free agency started and these safeties in free agency got a boatload of money. Time obviously, change, Randall yeah. and his camp. What did they say? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. We're going to start upping things now, which may, you know, have, you know, maybe priced him out of their market, which, you know, they can say, look, we'd rather pay corners. You know, if they do their job, we don't need the elite safety play that Demarius Randall gave us last year. The selection of Redwine kind of covers you both ways. Morgan Burnett, you kind of know what he is at, yeah, at he's this a point. Guy. And there's exactly uh, Redwine's got the ability, to, you know, to hit and stay closer to the box. Um, he has shown, you know, to be able to, you know, uh, break up passes, a couple interceptions. So it kind of gives you one player where it's like, look, if we don't know how this is going to work out with Demarius Randall going further and Morgan Burnett, it's probably going to be a one year thing. And even the deal, Eric Murray, who may play corner here. I mean, John Dorsey drafted him to Kansas City as a cornerback. So we're not sure what his role is going to be. But it could say, look, if we end up in you know 2020 and we did keep Joe, we've got young, cheap guys around him. Um, we're going to move on from Demarius Randall. Um, we're going to figure out exactly what the best role is for Redwine, and then we'll go go get him his partner, whether it's a free, whether it's a strong. Um, Taki Taki, I like physical. Um, and to his own credit, you love a guy that says, look, I was screwing around. I wasn't doing what was asked of me. Got his head on right. I, I think he's going to turn out to be a really, really nice selection. And the thing you like is obviously with the BI, BYU kids, they're older. So they're usually, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to find out right away. He can either do it in the NFL or not. Mac Wilson, it is going to be a little bit different. Kid is just a pup at just 21 now. Um, there are guys, you know, and you worry sometimes about the guys who don't completely hit at Alabama. Because now you're going to the, the NFL and it's, look, you pretty much had this NFL coach in your whole career in Tuscaloosa. So why didn't you hit that elite level of play? Is it just because he's 21? And maybe because, you know, as hard and Nick and the guys are on their players down there, some kids ain't ready for it at 19, 20 years old, just not mentally ready to buy in. I thought he should um, have stayed another year. He yeah, probably does, too. That's what know, Nick right. said. Yeah, and right. that's what Nick said. And I'll tell you right now, if you asked him when he got drafted in the fifth round, if he wishes he could stay another year, I'm sure he'd say, yes, can I please go back? But, you know, now it's on him. All right? I mean, th- there's no more excuses. If you didn't pick it up at Alabama, you didn't get drafted as high as you thought you were going to, it's on you, young man. Uh, you know, here you go. 
play hard, and it's going to start on special teams. I think it's going to start maybe in some only in some coverage reps. Uh, I, I, the little I've gotten to talk with some of the Browns people, they liked the coverage aspects of him. They still felt his body needed a little more time to be NFL ready. So what does that scream to you? Nickel and dime, possibly. Absolutely. Special teams. Right. And, you know, look, regardless, I mean, you know, just be, if you get drafted in the fifth round, it doesn't matter if the A is for Alabama or Akron. You're a fifth-round pick. Earn your keep and do what you got to do. So there's a lot on his plate, and, you know, I, we're, I'm pulling for him. I think there's talent there. I think if he had taken the draft process a little more seriously, he would have tested a little better. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a guy who showed he can make plays in the ultimate conference with the ultimate team, but still got some work to do. That's not, that's not a bad gamble in a fifth round. That's a great gamble. Yeah. And between him and greedy for where you get them, there's a lot of things to work with there on defense. Um, first folks, let's talk about sex. I mean, good sex. Is there really any other kind? Well, it can be better. I can promise you that. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. I assume you're already listening, but listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can always be ready when the opportunity arises. I, was not, I mean, folks, I don't understand the whole pill thing anyways. Like, I'm going to pop a pill. Hey, hon, I'll see you in 45 minutes when this thing kicks in. It's not how it works, dude. <laughs> so, folks, this is not just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships directs, direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. So, right now we've got a great deal for all of you listening. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, Locked On, all one word. All you got to pay is 5 bucks shipping. And the product is worth way more than that. So do this even if you think you don't need it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code, Locked On, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Jeff. Quick other draft notes surrounding the Browns kicker situation. Did you, was there a problem there? Are you confident going forward? Are you keeping an eye on this? What do you think? Um, you know, the select it's he never really you know had a much money field goal attempts. His field goal range long is a little bit questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, A, I'd never draft a kicker. I'd never draft a punter. There's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're always available. You know, and it basically you're just finding the guy who's hot. You know, it's like the, it, it's like one guy, at go- you know, you play with the same four guys in golf every weekend. One guy wins because he was just the guy who was hot that week. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think the Browns are going to score a ton of points. So you know, whether or not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be like last year where there were some big kicks that cost them games, you know, by their kicker. I don't think that's going to be that much of an issue this year. There is going to be one or two times where you're going to need it. And for me, it's, look, game on the line, you're up from 45 yards, make it or not. And, you know, I don't care that you can hit from 60. Just hit the pressure kick when you're asked to do it. That's all, you know, would I have spent a pick on it? No, because I always get cranky on day three like oh, all these guys there's still good players left and then you hear kicker oh come on 
Um, and the kid actually seemed like he had a fun Twitter handle. He was, you know, kind of a funny kid. Um, obviously, you know, nose baker and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting how it works out, you know. But me, uh, I would have rather just, you know, taken another player. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, as a former scout for the Browns, I do think it's a little more important that area of the country, New England, you know, yep. Green Bay, that you've kicked in weather before. I always think about that with specialists going to those type of cities, but just something to keep an eye on. Um, there's two other players rumored around the Browns that I wanted to throw at you. And you keep hearing little rumbles. And again, this time of year can be a little quiet. Gerald McCoy of Tampa Bay. I mean, a couple months ago, I thought he might be a cap casualty. Um, I, he obviously is not in the long-term plans. Could you see him being a Brownie? And what would your thoughts on that acquisition? Well, I mean, it came out in Baker's, you know, draft cycle. They did the thing together where, you know, McCoy went back to OU you know, they did like the whole video sequence where him and Baker went around and Baker showed him, you know, the facilities and stuff, the upgrades that, you know, Gerald hadn't been there for. Um, Gerald McCoy's still a really good player. I don't mm-hmm. know if Gerald no, McCoy's worth I don't know if he's worth a thirteen million dollar price tag this year. That's the problem, And then you right? look at Tampa, a team that's probably not going anywhere. Um so I mean, can you really talk yourself into paying a guy like McCoy thirteen million? The only guy on that roster that should be making, you know, the thirteen million is Mike Evans. Uh, you know, nobody else. I don't think it's going to be a great year for them. They are in cap hell. It'd be a nice way to alleviate that. Um, so I, the thing is, I don't know if, if the deal is going to work out, it would have to be contingent on a, a, a changing of the deal right away. The Browns like Gerald McCoy. They'd love to have Gerald McCoy. They don't like Gerald McCoy at $13 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody does at this point. I do think the fact that they would like to say McCoy, Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, they're going to take 66.6% of every interior defensive line snap that we choose, and they'll just, between the three of them, two of them will be on the field every play if all goes well. I think they love that aspect. And it, it seems... And Miles Garrett, by the way. Yeah, it's right. not bad. It's yeah. not bad. But, I mean, to keep that up, and, you know, that keeps Miles in one-on-one situations. It'll keep Vernon in one-on-one situations, and obviously they have Gennard Avery as well. I think it just strengthens what is already a really strong core. And we've talked about this. You follow the models of some of these better teams, and, you know, elite D-line play where you can rotate in, rotate out, it's it's just murder because even if these guys, if they just need a half a breather, you know what? Yeah, I'll take the breather. And it just it just makes it hard for these quarterbacks to end up running for their lives. Um, you know, the talk of whether or not Duke Johnson would go there. Um, you know, yeah, Jones, that was my next name to bring up, yeah. actually. Yeah, I yeah, guess that I would mean, make some sense. I mean, Duke is not in uh, Berea right now. Obviously, they're going to do OTAs tomorrow. He was not around for the first one. He's not going to be around for this one. He's kind of in limbo now. Uh, look, Duke wants to play. I mean, could there something be something worked out there where? But I mean, say, look, you know, it's 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 wink winked upon, and you know, uh, McCoy's deal is renegotiated. Uh, you know, and if you're McCoy, you know, do you want to go to a winner? And yeah, we're gonna have to start getting used to if you want to go to a winner. Maybe Cleveland's one of those teams on your list. So it, you know, it, it seems like it would work. Duke would get to go back home to Florida. You know, Ronald Jones didn't do anything last year. They really didn't add to the position. If Ronald Jones doesn't get better, at least you know what you have in Duke Johnson, who a guy could give you 100 total yards week in, week out between his receiving and his rushing. So it gives something there as you know why you're making your ultimate decision on Jameis Winston in the position that Tampa's in. It seems like there's, it's just too easy to just ignore. And with Duke still not being back in the building, you know, John can say, oh, well, you know, we still have these plans for Duke. Then he would be here. So it just makes it so confusing and hard how to, how to read it. I don't want to move on from Duke. I think Duke's a fantastic player. But in the end of the day, if Duke's only going to get six to seven touches 
and that will maybe be before while Kareem hunts out. Then what happens when Kareem Hunt comes in week nine? Right. You, you know, then he's just standing around doing nothing, and now you just you know you have you know you're going to end up at the point where he could be a malcontent, and maybe rightfully so. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, and I think Arians would use Duke well. They could use him. It's interesting though. Over the course of our conversation here, we brought up Schobert and Randall. Will one of the two be back? Will neither be back? You know, McCoy's making thirteen million. Is he worth that? But the Browns are starting to finally have the issues where cap matters. You know, like, you yep. know, like and boy, it's going to start heating up for this team when they start all these draft picks that they hit on, and they got to pay Miles Garrett and Baker and all these guys. So as wonderful as this looks. Things happen really quick around here, and the Browns' cap euphoria isn't forever. Well, and that's one of the things. You know, some of the fans they see moves like the Eagles are doing. They're like, "Oh, see, you can easily manipulate the cap. You, you can. can. <laughs> you right. can, but you can't do it with two number one overall selections in Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. You can't change that at all. Denzel Ward was drafted four overall. These guys go up the three of them, eight to ten million a year, just the three of them." So, you know, as they go up, some guys are going to have to go. Um, you know, granted, they can move money next year. They can move on from Landry. They can move on from Randall. They can move on from Hubbard uh, if they do move on from Joe. But granted, he was only a fourth-round pick, so there's not a lot there. So they have f- flexibility if they choose to do it. But some of these kids they drafted this year are going to have to step up. Um, you know, Antonio Callaway would be another guy who would have to step up here in year two. There, you know, the weeks where they were calling his number last year, he looked good. The weeks there were weeks where he was non-existent. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of guys are going to write each other's tales this year. You know, Antonio Callaway could write Jarvis Landry's fate. Um, you know, and just other players, you know, with what they do are going to determine whether or not somebody else becomes a need or they can be a guy that can be moved on from. Yeah. Uh, quick break here, and then we're going to wrap up the final segment. Get Jeff's thoughts on the rest of the division. And I also have another Brownies question for him. We'll be back here in a moment. All right, Jeff, give me one Browns guy that might not be a household name. Your audience knows him. Mine may or may not. I got some smart cookies listening, but I also have some casual (laughs) viewers around the league that you think it's step forward is coming for this man. That doesn't mean he's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm not talking about Miles Garrett. I mean, somebody that's a good young player that you're excited about. I'm going to go back to Antonio Callaway Mm. Um, with his head on right. And the thing is, you know, with this Browns, look, I mean, you're going to double team either David Njoku because he's a mismatch for a linebacker and he's a size match for a tight end, or you're going to have to double team Odell Beckham. You you got one or the other. So that leaves Antonio Callaway. So once they started running vertical routes with him last year, you go to the Houston game last year where he had a monster effort. There's not many people who can cover him one-on-one. He's going to get a lot of one-on-ones, and he was able to get open. And Baker, if you get open, it doesn't matter what your last name is. If you're the open guy, he's going to throw it to you. And if Antonio can continue on the progression he had last year, and now he had a nice rookie year, keep in mind he hadn't played games in two years, so he's able to stack it up now with a strong offseason and go into the regular season with guys like Higgins who Baker trusts. They're going to have to, you know, he cannot be ignored coverage-wise. Obviously, Jarvis can't be ignored. And Najoku, uh, when you get Kareem, I mean, it's there's going to be a lot of one-on-ones. And Antonio Callaway gets one-on-ones. I think he's going to win a lot more than he's going to lose. And I think it's maybe going to cut into Landry's production. It's going to cut into the production that Higgins gave you last year. If he was at 41 receptions as a rookie, 
I think you may be talking more mid-60s and more vertical. So you could be talking a 63, 64-rep guy knocking on the door, 800 yards, six, seven touchdowns. I think there could be a big, big year, too, in for Antonio Callaway. Yeah, and maybe more than the reception number, I bet he gets free for big plays more. You know what yep. I mean? Single coverage, double move, guy slips, whatever. He runs past him. Baker hits him. That's it. Yep. You know? Um, quickly around the division. I'm not putting... I don't know what you think. Um, I think the Bengals are number four in the division. But I don't quite look at them as a contender to be first pick overall type of guys. I mean, I think that offense has a chance to be really good. Um, what confused me was just that I mean, you went out and you drafted this QB guy, obviously it was Zach Taylor, and you were there at 11, and you had Haskins yeah. sitting there looking you in the face. But, I mean, this isn't a knock on Jonah Williams. Whether a guy ends up being a left guard, right guard, right tackle, left guard, you're talking about a guy about a five-six-time you know, five, six five, six pro bowler. He's, He's going to help really, them no matter what. Right? Oh, yeah. said there's no doubt about it, and it'll help, maybe help them get past that herocious extension they gave to Bobby Hart. So maybe he's yeah, the right yeah. tackle from day one eventually being the left tackle as they move on. Um, so, I mean, he's a you know, plug-and-play guy, so you can't, you know, go any, you know, against that. Um, Andy, obviously, you know, they've seen their time, but maybe where, you know, obviously Taylor's going to come in here, and a lot of this is going to be one read, two read, or read it right at the line of scrimmage. You're going to know the open guy. So give Andy Dalton a veteran in this in this spot. Uh, you know, Maybe he can put up some decent numbers in this. I just It just seemed weird to me that they didn't go, you know, quarterback, when you have, obviously, you know, you brought in this guy who's, you know, supposed to be the quarterback and the offensive guy. That I thought was a little bit interesting. Uh, the rest of the draft, I don't think was that bad. I still think they're, you know, they're still a little ways away, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, the the Drew Sample selection, look, I think they just liked it really good. Yeah. It was a little early. A little um, early. You yeah. know, I mean, but what it is, I think, you know, I was talking with some Bengals guys last night on the show and. They don't view Tyler Eifert as a blocker anymore. Nobody really wants him blocking because he's had so many issues with his legs. The last thing you want him to do is in there in that trash anyway. Get him a little bit out. Use him as like a big slot. But it just seemed early. But, yeah, I mean, the kid can block. He's, he's a pretty solid blocker. But then after that, I like I liked Pratt out of North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can play special teams. He obviously comes with the coverage mentality as a former safety. That wasn't a bad selection. I like Rennell Wren. He needs to hit more than he doesn't hit. There's times where you look at him and he looks like a world beater. There's times where you look at him and you're like, wow, this might, it looks like his first day playing. But a really, really good athlete and a big, big body. Um, you know, Michael Jordan at Ohio State should be another eventual starter on he this team. He might play for them soon. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's not a lot there. And look, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you better, better find out if these guys are in your long-term plans or not. So, you know, that would be another guy who's probably going to be starting, I would say, by probably, uh, you know, midseason. You got the two running backs, Travion Williams out of A&M is not a bad player. I like the Rodney Anderson selection out of Oklahoma, even if you're going to have to wait a year. Everybody loved the kid. The only knock on him is a little bit injury. But, you know, even if it's a short career, you get a couple of years out of him, you got a really good player in that scenario. And I did like the cornerback they got uh, out of South Dakota State, uh, Jordan Brown, in round seven. He was a nice player. He's got the NFL size. He ran about a four or five flat. And the only thing he's got is, you know, kind of lack of competition. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're a little better off than people think. But I am kind of with you. It seemed like the perfect time to – Give the organization a much-needed total facelift and get Haskins or somebody like that. I want to talk Ravens with you a little. I have worries about Lamar, don't get me wrong. I, but I also think that they're, he almost has to be a better passer this year. And I like the way he threw the ball at Louisville much better than this past season. 
But the one thing I wanted to bring up about this team is all of a sudden, you got high draft picks at tight end, you add Ingram, and you add Hill, who's probably the most athletic running back in this class. You add Boykin, who's a superstar athlete size guy, and then the super freak speed dude in Brown, and Lamar Jackson's the most athletic quarterback in the league. So all of a sudden, your skill guys on offense have scary speed. Yeah, I mean, which makes me wonder, though. I mean, are they going to try to kind of revamp what that offense was yeah, last I don't year? Know. Right. Run, run heavy, but maybe, you know, sometimes with some play action. But if you're going to do that route, I mean, you know, Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson, I mean, if you're going to run four times in a row, then go play action, Marquise Brown is a tough, tough guy to handle. Even if he I just like, keeps a guy out of the box from him being on the field. Exactly. Right, right. I, I like Boykin. I think he obviously is going to need a little time. Yeah. The thing which is good, though, is Lamar, who's a little bit of an erratic thrower, and maybe this is why they liked him with tight ends, Boykin is pretty much a tight end in a wide receiver's body. He's at the like end catching as radius. Oh, hell, right. exactly. Yep. And he can catch the ugly ball. I mean, it's not like Notre Dame's been trotting out solid quarterbacks for the last <laughs> few years. No. So... Um, you know, Hill was a nice selection. I, I like that uh, with Mark Ingram. Um, I, 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 uh, this is another team. They drafted a bunch of guys I like, too. They drafted Amon Marshall out of USC a little bit later, a guy who can I think can play safety, too, if you need be. Um, the question is going to be, uh, are they going to take the time? Because unless you truly let Lamar know that you are a throwing quarterback, it's always going to you know, he's going to carry doubt because they have doubt. If they open it up and let him throw it a little more, then let's see what we got. They better do that in the preseason. If he's hot, it's great. It gives you more to your offense. If he's not, then you're going to try and redo what you did last year where it's kind of run heavy. But the thing, And then even though with that question is how long can Lamar's body – he's a thin dude. You're how right, long can he deal. do this before you know, he takes you know, a shoulder, a collarbone, or even you know, worse than that, a lower extremity hit, and he's out for the year and – you know, yeah, you you drafted Tracy McSorley too, but not many guys run the sub four four that Lamar Jackson does, and you can just plug him in there and say, "Oh, we'll just kind of do the same thing." Wrap it with your quick thoughts on the Steelers. Um, I, I'm not going to suggest that they're as good a team as they've been the last, you know, the majority of the Tomlin era, but I do think their defense is drastically improved. I was down in the facility on Friday, and I know it was just rookies, but I can tell you right now. They're getting a kick out of the quote underdog role. <laughs> they have never been in that shoes. In the oh division. no, they haven't. Yeah. And, and I think there are some teams in the AFC North that are like, the Browns just shut up. You're the Browns always. And I think there's others like, that's fine. Go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. If you want the crown now, that's fine. Take the crown now. But this was, I literally, you would have thought that they were locked on Browns listeners, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had Devin Bush as my number, and we had talked about this. I, yeah, said, right, said, right, I said at the time, I was scared to death of them getting one player when they held pick 20, and that was Devin Bush. I talked to Devin Bush's father that day. I'm like, congratulations, good luck with everything. How you looking? He says, we're thinking about 10. And then he sent me a message a little later. It's going to be 10, but it might be somewhere other than... I was yeah, like, all right, I got you. <laughs> so you knew, you, you knew Pittsburgh had the interest. Um, I think that he was best linebacker in the class, in my opinion. So you get him there at 10. And look, you know, as much as we all, uh, you know, obviously love, you know, the, the guy with the injury. And, and he, it's great. You know, he's up and he's walking. He's able to dance at his wedding. I think the writing's on the wall. He's not going to oh, play football yeah, yeah. anymore. We understand it. But you've got to be able to replace him. He was a dynamic player. I think Devin Bush gives you that. Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Not a bad player. Maybe a little bit early. But yet he comes in here and could be that third or fourth guy. 
And you know, the Steelers always find a way to work in that rookie wide out somehow, some way, and get something out of them. Then they go Justin Lane, who for me was my number one cornerback. Yeah, you in the were big class. on him, right? Yep. And so I was like, oh, you know, and then and even I worse. Be seen as, yeah, me either. Uh, and then his parents, you know, well, we got to rip down all the Browns gear, and you know, now we're Steelers <laughs> right, fans. Right. Then they followed up with my dude Benny Snell, who was my favorite running, not my number one, but my favorite running back in this class. Uh, you know, not as athletic as you'd hoped, but runs with authority. Um, you know, still a little bit of a work in progress. I love the fact that he was really the only player for three years on Kentucky's offense. And they went to bowl games year in, year out. I mean, nobody can even name the kid who was the quarterback in Kentucky at that time. Yeah. Every defense is trying to stop Snell. Yep. SEC yeah, exactly. defenses, right, yeah. Yep, and taking 30 carries, you know, 30 carries a week, week in, week out, in the SEC. Um, you know, so I really like what they did. Um, even with UCC's, uh Gilbert out of Akron, he was another nice selection. Isaiah Bugs, there could be a nice value selection in a guy in Alabama that you get late. You know, if anything, maybe you got a rotational guy. I think they put together a really – a, a really pretty good, solid class. Um, you know, Juju, it's crazy to say, but maybe he's going to have to be even more of the man than he was. And I think he's ready for it. James Conner, Benny Snell's not a bad duo. Obviously, McDonald's, can he put together another great year like he did you know, the year before? But, you know, it's, you know, with Pittsburgh, everyone thinks they're down a peg. Um, there's been times where it's been a little bit thought, oh, they've moved on, they've lost some guys. And, you know, somehow, some way, they continue to do it. And, like, we keep telling all our listeners over at Locked On Browns, it's like a vampire. Uh, it's going to take the wooden stake to drive it through the Pittsburgh Steelers' heart if you're the Cleveland Browns. It, it's it's not happened. Mm-hmm. It's not happened in forever. Until it's dead and buried, it's still that thing lingering over your shoulder is the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, you're 100% right. Great conversation, dude. We could have went much longer. Jeff Lloyd locked on Browns. Jeff, where else can they find you? Where are you on Twitter as well? Well, obviously, you know, the Lockdown, uh, Lockdown Browns Twitter account, we always keep that follow back. It's been great because, you know, you start to li- realize over the years, a lot of people listen to pods and even are on Twitter. They don't really like to tweet. So when they have questions, and some of it is because some people don't follow the sport as much. They can send me DMs over there, Lockdown Browns, and I'm good about answering cool. even the simplest of questions that some people don't, you know, would, you know, poo-poo or, you know, and then, but they put it out there on the social media people start ripping them. But, you know, you understand if you're talking to some guy from Wales, he may not understand some of the terminology. So it's just a nice thing to do. I mean, if these people are going to give me their time, I'll do my best to give them their, uh, your mind. Um, and then me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, uh, you know, you get dad tweets, you get your food tweets, you know, and you, know, you get more of those this time of year. Uh, you know, me complaining about my New York Mets and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, once it's football time, it's, you know, we're pretty much football 100% of the time. Good stuff, brother. Um, and you inspired me. Tomorrow will be Twitter Tuesday. Check out Blue Chew. The rest of the week will be the same. I'll have Smart Mark Schofield on Wednesday, Mike Sando on Thursday. And I'm up for ideas for Friday, but I'll probably reach around the Locked On Network to find someone else to have a great chat like I did with Jeff. Over and out. We will talk to you guys later.